I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. In my own search for self-understanding, I have met people from all walks of life. I bring to you a taste of these encounters. to Outer Travel in a Journey. Today I have a special for you because I have two returning guests, Astrid Walsh and Kristen Walsh. Welcome to the two of you. So I wanted to talk to the two of you about this thing I saw the other day and I kind of felt it linked very nicely in how I perceive the two of you. So um, maybe we can, and that was, uh, somebody released an album, a German rapper, and he called it Musketeer. And, you know, how fast my brain goes. I was like, oh, Musketeer, what does he want to say? What I don't even, I haven't even listened to the album and I haven't read anything about it, but it spiraled me in this, into this thought pattern of that the Musketeers, I think, are still very alive amongst society that idea of a strong partnership you know even though it was three you know so it's a very you think it's a stable relationship and um and I was like oh so people are really dreaming about this thing thing still you know because it's still kept alive it seems to become one of these kind of fairy tales of how how we find heroes and role models in engaging you know we support each other we fight the world and the system and then I spiraled forward into the thought how I had you know lately conversations with Shira my daughter around how she wished she had like a stable circle of friends at this point you know where she has five more friends and we know also I don't and it lightened you know her five friends came to mind you know like how important this is and then I felt like oh I want to have a conversation around this because uh, I, I feel we are we are all dreaming about that and I'm dreaming about that but I'm such a lonely wolf at times and a one-on-one -on -one connector you know and I thought like who can I have this conversation with and here the siblings came to mind so, um, maybe we can do a, a quick re-entry of or like people get to know you so um, maybe Astrid do you want to start off who you are what you do and just brief so people get to know you in this podcast um, okay, well, I'm Astrid Walsh, and um, a long, a long-standing friend and student of yours. <laughs> um, and I live in Cove, which is in Cork Harbour, in the south of Ireland. Mm. Um, I'm an artist, a visual artist, um, and I, yeah, I'm. I, I, I have a five-year-old, almost five-year-old son. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of what what fills my days at the moment, my art and my yeah. parenting. Yeah. Your mother and Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Astrid's twin. I'm <laughs> Kirsten Walsh. I'm also an artist and I live in Cork City. Uh, I have two daughters um, and I, we, I lived a long time with Astrid, but we are now living in two different houses. So, and I have yeah. known Alex, you now for also quite a number of years. Yeah, we do know each we other as well. part of the gang when we got the gang together. <laughs> yes, I was. It happened for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that hasn't happened in Ireland. Neither has it probably happened here. I, I mean... Besides the pandemic, you know, I think these things are being highlighted or through the pandemic, pandemic, this is a being highlighted. I, I was always very grateful for you kind of taking me in while I was living in Ireland, you know, I felt really like another home to go to and a shoulder to lean on and yeah so 
the reason why I brought you on board is because when we worked together as in like we offered workshops, uh, we offered one workshop. Let's not just kind of spiral it out into more than it is, but we offered a workshop together and uh, around visual art, visual healing and perception. And what was fascinating to me at the time and when I got to know you was what everybody says, you know, that the two of you, you're almost like so familiar with each other that you don't use words and you're not noticing that you don't use words, you know? So somebody like me who's outside in this scenario is like, what's going on here? Why are there no words here? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so what I'm feeling like, you're almost like two musketeers, you know? And <laughs> in that sense, you support each other very strongly, but you're obviously open to taking other people on board. Um, how, how, do, how do you relate to this story, um, the personal and the one I just kind of started with, whoever feels like saying something? Can I, can I jump in yeah. there just because yeah. it just reminds me of a conversation I had recently with a friend of mine uh, who I've known for quite a long time, but we haven't been close friends. I think we're becoming close friends, but who's also a twin. And uh, we were talking about friendships uh, when we were younger and how actually sometimes it's like it's quite hard to be friends with twins because, I mean, as you say, you know, you were kind of trying to fill in the gaps. Uh, we frustrate people quite uh, often, our partners, by starting sentences and not finishing them, but not needing to finish them because the other twin knows exactly <laughs> what's meant. So, so they're just this idea that people have wanted a certain type of friendship with us and maybe haven't got that because, you know, they want to be a twin in some ways, but they're never going to understand the language or they're never going to so you know there is that kind of element where um it's 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 from my perspective it, it must be quite difficult as well to to know you know which twin did I have which conversation with and to kind of to be friends with two people equally who are so alike mm -hmm. it, it, you know it's it's challenging mm. in that way I think but there are people who you know who really can do it and can you know can can switch and can you know can have a, an equal relationship with with both of us yeah, yeah. I think over time um you learn <laughs> and I think that we often have done a thing where um you know one of us just steps forward in, in a in a friendship so or often we would have gotten to know people separately as separate people you know mm. and there it's it's clear but then there's lots of overlap and we always used to bring our friends together so yeah. you know there's either this point where um you know you have your separate friends that you got to know separately and that's the way it, it kind of stays or uh or you kind of if you meet people together sometimes there's this like you know here you lead with this one <laughs> we used to do that with guys as well <laughs> it was an unspoken okay you know here you be the main person here um mm -hmm. and then you know and then if 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 we all get on then you know we find a way and then the person knows us both well enough that they know that you know they'll have to tell all their stories twice <laughs> probably within 10 minutes <laughs> and ask yeah. the same questions <laughs> yes. yes and so do you when I think of the musketeer such an idolized um, scenario of deep connective uh, friendships that hold each other's back but in some way, what you're both revealing is, you know, or what Astrid revealed is that can have its downside because you are being perceived as so close, nobody else can come in. And this is really, you know, I'm just asking a question here, you know, is this something that's 
good for everybody to have, or I mean, we, we can't generalize, but why is this myth going on and on and on? If you, if you read famous books, they are about deep friendships. And that's why I mean, you know, you live a really, really deep friendship, the two of you due to how you came to this world, but also because you kept it up. And I also know twins that aren't as close as the two of you are. And that's why you are also my pick, obviously. <laughs> as you have the capacity to do both as uh, Kirsten elaborated, but what do you think? I mean, just thought sharing here. I'll jump in on that one. Um, I think at the moment, I think that it's a little bit like the myth of your soulmate. I think some people get it and some people don't, you know, I think some people will have that in their lives and they'll be in the right place at the right time yeah. and have the right kind of personality uh, and some people won't. And, you know, I know that from my, I've got two daughters now, one of them's already 10 and the other one's only six. So she's the six year old is only really starting on her social path. Um, but my 10 year old does have a group of friends like that um but it was chance that brought them together their classes were amalgamated she had one really good friend uh their classes were amalgamated and then they just found each other and it really works and for her it's um you know i think in the media and in the, the programs they watch yeah it's very much a thing so then of course kids yeah. think that they need to have that and i can see the yeah. pressure for my six-year-old yeah. that she thought she'd go to school and she'd automatically have a group of friends. And, and that's yeah. not really how it works. Oh, thank you so much. You know, like, um, thank you so much for that, because it's not only what we choose, but it's also what we have been presented with. You know, I get a constant Bibi and Tina kind of advertisement on my Google stream because we used to, you know, watch it and that's another one with a close friendship and where they are so and one is super special and the other one keeps her earthbound and of course we make kids long for that and we also as uh, as adults long for that i mean i find myself longing for it sometimes as in physical nearness rather yeah you you both don't live that close anymore but still closer than I have any of my friends you know and particular when we come into adulthood and later years we find that friendships just are completely different than they used to be when we were younger of course because we have family and then the family becomes an island or a partnership becomes an island or your relationship with your colleagues becomes an island and yeah, it's, it's a conundrum to me, you know, to stay open to perceive and really see what comes in as support, you know, like whatever comes in as support instead of this person has to fulfill it. <laughs> yeah, Astrid, yeah. Kirsten, I'm not in. <laughs> yeah, when we were chatting just before this call, myself and Kirsten, and we were talking about, you know, the, the friends that you have probably from an early, earlier time in your life, you know, who you've gone through thing, you know, you've just got a, a, a stable kind of base with them. And then, you know, and you mightn't still be living in the same city as, as those people, but, you know, you can be apart for months and months and not speak and come back together and nothing has, has changed. And then there are the people, you know, who your practical day-to-day -day life brings you together with. So, for example, the, you know, the other mums or dads at the school gate, you know, the, the people who yeah. have children, happen to have children the same age as you. So some friends, mm -hmm. you know, they kind of, they drift off into a different life for a while because their children are, happen to be, you know, 10 years older than yours or, and you, you know, you suddenly find yourself needing and wanting to spend time with with different people uh, and who knows I don't know whether those friendships will last beyond the, the, the children years yeah. Um, yeah. but it is it is kind of interesting how uh, you know your practical day-to-day -day existence kind of affects who, who you your friendship who your 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 closest friends are 
you know, mm. people you might know much about really from their background, from their past, from their, you know, you're just kind of um, in a, in your, in the present <laughs> with, yeah. with them. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I find that quite, quite interesting. Um, Can I ask a personal question then, if you, because the two of you live together, with your families just so the audience knows it was it wasn't just a sister but you both had family already at the time or partner and growing family and do you find now that you're living apart that because you meet different people is there a letting go of that deep connection that we all savor or want to have or is it is it shifting as such or getting even more intense because you are so far apart. I don't. I don't think it's. I haven't. I don't think it's. It's changing much, as in. Yeah, I mean, we don't have as much time to. I mean, the, the fundamental connection is the same. We're we're not. We don't have to talk about you know meal planning and shopping and. You, these kinds of things anymore <laughs> we don't have the time my my what I what I notice most is the change because the, the, we're just not in each other's company on on that day-to-day -day thing any day-to-day -day level anymore so you know with mm. the with the kids you know that's kind mm. of that kind of spontaneous let's all go out uh you know in the dark to see if we can see the otter that lives in the river or you know these kind of let's just yeah go in the garden and make soup you know these kind of spontaneous things that that just only happen when you spend a lot of time with people mm. i mean mm. we still spend time at each other's houses we still spend the night we you know because we we live that bit further away so there is opportunity but but I find that's what I miss kind of the most is this kind of like you know not the like oh let's all go to this and this place and you know it's the kind of just when you've been to school and you've done your things and what happens then when people cohabit or or are in close proximity to each other that kind mm. of thing mm. um, and I think that's what we used to have in old-fashioned communities you know old village setups yeah. or even neighborhoods where people would just be out kind of you know and these days our time is so structured and people are doing activities and people mm. are you know there's always something mm. going on mm. that's how anyway that's how I I perceive the change now I don't know about you Kirstine um yeah yeah I mean I second that you know every, when we do meet it's it's always special so we have less of the kind of the daily you know time to get cranky and be you know moany about household and that kind of thing so mm. <laughs> we have more time to talk about but I miss I miss having people around I think suburban life is a little bit I personally, I think it's a little bit kind of, you know, you have to just make an effort to see people. Uh, you, you know, I like when people are, are around and it's not a production to meet somebody. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky enough, there are girls in the neighborhood and they, they come over and they call on, on my daughters and mine can go over to their house. Um, so it's not... But it, it really depends on what your living situation. You know, some people live in estates and their kids can go out and play in the green, yeah. you know, or but then there's other people who live in apartments and they they, they don't have that, you know, mm. so we're kind mm. of um, in between. Uh, and for me personally, I like to just be around people. Hmm. easily it's interesting know. because I mean both of us I think are quite introverted as and I'm definitely an introvert and before yeah. you know before my son came along I was totally happy often just mm -hmm. on my own <laughs> like mm -hmm. I didn't but it's since he he's arrived you know just this feeling of having yeah just the 
the life flowing around and not just being the one focus for the child. I think children need, you know, people of different generations and different kids and things, activities they can join in and then leave and go and like a, a flow, a kind of a flow, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't happen. What about in Berlin, Alex? We were wondering, like, you know, do you have people that you encounter on the street who you know, or is it always yeah. just, you know, I have to ring up and like, what's your neighborhood? No, um, what came up for me in this conversation right now is, you know, are we looking for the quality of those friendships or the quantity, you know, like the quantity of time spent together as in, you know, small things like having to, to rearrange the kitchen or go shopping. But as for that, you know, Berlin is quite easy. You get used to that. If you don't have an immediate outlet i mean i'm i said i'm more a lonely wolf but um not not really i'm i'm the how do you say that you know designated uh, not introvert even but i'm highly sensitive so these people people like that as per studies you know people like me we go very intensely into something and perceive it and perceive it and then we need more time to concludes and and just be with ourselves and that's working quite well with me in berlin because i can be in my apartment nobody's going to come by uh, and just spontaneous ring the door anymore like you know children do with each other uh, but when i go out because of the dogs i know a lot of people here in my neighborhood and um, essentially berlin is like that you know you have small you have neighborhoods and pizzas and you know mm -hmm. like places that belong to a certain part of political um you know overlooking and then you stay in that area so that makes berlin smaller in some ways and when you go somewhere else it's almost like discovering a new place and here within where I'm living, everybody's quite open. You can go into a cafe. If you go there more often, they recognize you. It's not so anonymous as you, you might think. And from that level, I have even a neighbor and an older woman who lost her husband and she has a dog and she does a solid everyday three rounds. And on her rounds, what she gets from those rounds with the dogs is that she interacts with people and here comes my conundrum and i think the conundrum that my daughter is stumbling upon you know i mean i can connect to her and we will have a conversation we might share a worry or the other you know it's like oh yeah now this happened and mm, we're discussing this and that and and you get an opinion from that person but you don't get the support of that person completely and i think that's what why the topic is so dear to my heart, you know, where do we find true sources of support if I go into my coffee shop and, you know, like in, in my favorite cafe and saying, help, help, <laughs> like somebody probably is going to come and help, but you, we don't do that. That's the problem where we are seeking support and exchange that is free of, you know, just straight advice, which we sometimes don't want, but what, what we kind of hoping you know of an exchange of um ideas on takes a true listener you know i don't have that many anymore i know i have you guys ladies guys mm -hmm. um but and other people but at the same time that's so far off and that's what's my daughter's you know um noticing she has a lot of internet friends and she has really dear friends and they they've come into our lives three four years ago we know their names we know what they do we know those family backgrounds and but they are not here you know so <laughs> and and that is what makes it all difficult at least to me and that's probably also why i created that sense of i want to have a sangha a community where we can listen to each other without finding already solutions but you know you get different qualities of listening and different qualities of exchange with each and everybody in there and now i'm looking for the immediate you know like where can this happen so that's i think what the musketeers and 
five friends from Enid Blyton, you know, say we go together mm -hmm. on an adventure, you know, we will, we'll see one maybe has a quality of seeing something earlier than someone else. Another friend might have the stability of blah, 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 blah. You know, all these qualities that come together, the bigger you make your platform of so-called friends, you know, or whatever we want to call them, soulmates. I think um, it's kind of peak individualism, really, what, what, you know, what we're living through. I don't know if it's peak, but in a big city anyway, <laughs> I'm sure. I hope it's peak, um, where we're all very comfortable in our spaces that are controlled, you know, and... Mm we have lost the ability to ask for help and, and to give help. And um, I think here in Ireland, um, I don't know about in Dublin, but I know that in Cork, so it depends on where you are, but w where I am in this neighborhood, there's still a lot of old people and uh, it's very mixed. And there's still kind of that feeling of where, you know, people will go and check on the old lady next door, um, you know, we'll stop and chat and we'll help each other. Um, but I can see even in myself that that is, is dying in some, in some areas, mm. you know, where, mm. you know, you've got this, well, I'm just too busy. I can't deal with this. You know, there's somebody, there'll be somebody looking after that person. It's okay. You know, um, like where we've kind of, because we're all overwhelmed, we're abdicating responsibility for each other to um, to other others, um, yes. you know, social work. That I mean, that's I always used mm. to think because I used to work with older people who were alone, didn't have any friends, and we used to go and be their friends. Um, uh, so I think that's one thing, but I do think that that's going to change, and I can see, you know, as weather conditions get more unpredictable as everything gets a little bit more wobbly and unstable we're going to have to look after each other and you could see that in germany with the with the floods um you know that mm. people people are going to help and i do think that it's you know it's something that comes with having enough and mm. being you know privileged <laughs> and having mm. Being able to look at, we all, you know, we all strive to be able to be independent and to be able to look after ourselves. And it's something that's very much um, very important to people. Uh, but then the, the downside of that is that you, you know, you're so, you're so strong in your fortress that you don't uh, need to let anybody in. Because once you have friends like that, um, it's not, you know, you're not comfortable. I can see that in my daughter who has all has those friends. They they are all different and they don't agree with each other all the time and they don't always mm. want to play the same things and yeah. they need to get through that, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, so I do think um, in terms of friendships, there is luck involved, especially if you want to have a number of people who all get on together <laughs> one having one is is easier uh, or having you know some that mix occasionally like this having a few that always hang around together that you know that is I don't think that's very 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 common mm. Mm. um but I do think we have you know we 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 have tribes and we you know I I I know I've lived in Cork for so long that I've seen that I can I pick somebody out in the street and, and at this point I could say we're probably going to be friends at some point, you know, and it so often happens, you know, you, you see somebody, you know that they're on your wavelength and then at some point they stumble, they come into your path somehow hmm. and then and then you become friends. So, you know, I do think there are, they're all out there. The people are out there. <laughs> Yeah, we're back open. You have to you leave to, your apartment yeah. often enough. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But that's the conundrum, I think. Um, again, I think you, 
you to me you mix something in this conversation you know helping people mm -hmm. or being there for each other and having quality time of course i mean i feel obliged to look after that neighbor who is she is older but strong but um, i often enough reach out and say are you okay you know if there's something you know you have my number you can always come and ask and all these things but that's one thing that's one sense of support and seeing yourself in the community you're in but the other thing that you then mentioned is that noticing that we are on a wavelength with somebody because we need these kind of friendships even if we we might be coming across with different opinions but the friendship is hopefully strong enough to to bear that so yeah i'll i see your peak individualism that you said you know where the peak individualism it's it's like how kids these days and how i am picking what i want constantly what i want what i want what i want you know okay i want to watch this movie I, i mean i have no television part of it was that i felt it was taking over too much of my day but the other part was that if i wanted then something that would take part over of my day you know then i wanted to pick exactly what i wanted and so of course the whole market is established itself by you know becoming stronger and stronger and that's also what they uh, are afraid of most security controlled devices vpn channels when you go you know that google is trying to assimilate this individualism of that kind you know like you only get what you're asking for you only constantly get what you're asking for and even my daughter with her little pocket money you know she she decided to eat what she wants um that's kind of like a deal in our household you know we cook and if you don't eat it you have to, to come out with it from your own pocket you know <laughs> so um i mean we're talking about the whole thing crisps and you know like i just want to have pizza every day i want to have noodles every day i want to have pasta you know so that is um interesting observation in how we at the same time then notice when we become so individualized that we're also losing the capability of you know going that mile extra mile to speak to somebody on the street or allowing that um, friendship to be a tester for her um how we handle change and how we handle um the outside world because there are so many different variations of lifestyles and whatever yeah and i think i mean i think what like what i'm getting from you know this the idea of the musketeers and this kind of idea of a friendship is like it's it's time you know it's like a friendship like that takes time and it takes actually being in each other's company and you know because mm. so often you know the, the the meeting on the street or even the the organized meeting you know it has a kind of a beginning a middle and an end and you can put all your energy into it and it can become you know or you have a dinner party or you have it whatever and you know but it's this it's this being able to be with people and having the time to let down your guard and not always be organized and you know, and just to actually get to know people, which is what I was talking about, what I miss about living with Kirstine and the girls and, and, and her husband, you know, this kind of like just being time, not like, oh, we're meeting and we're having coffee and we're talking. It's just being together and, mm. you know, and, and that's a kind of a support, you know, that you can just like even not speak, not do and be there for each other. You know, and I've only just, I mean, the pandemic, yeah, I, I think the, I think we're only going to see in the, in the next years how that has affected. Mm. But there was mm. one woman who I kind of, like we've kind of been thrown together in the last uh, few years. Her, um, her husband, who was German, our kids were in the same play group. We knew each other before that, but, um, and he passed away uh, three years ago. 
And we've kind of, because our kids are the same age and we've kind of started hanging out and we bubbled during the last um, series of lockdowns here. You could you could kind of form little bubbles with people. I don't know if it was the same. You know, and we've just kind of like it's the first time in a long time where I've gotten to a point with somebody where, you know, we kind of just come, she comes and she hangs out and we just kind of, you know, there's still a lot we don't know about each other, but, you know, the kids are kind of noodling around and, and it just feels like that kind of taking the time. And in some ways, the pandemic allowed that to happen because she's a very sociable person and she, you know, she has always loads of things going on. But because <laughs> we weren't allowed to do that, we kind of... Yeah. And we're in the same general proximity, you know, but it just, it just, I, I just really, I, I like that kind of, you know, you're living close by, you don't necessarily need anything from each other. Like you're saying the practical, you know, helping or, but just that to, to have the other per- people there, that kind of, you know, we're all around. I think that's yeah. a very uh, powerful support yeah you know and in berlin it's very much like that that like on social media everybody unloads their opinion and walks on you know it's almost like leaving a comment on facebook or instagram about like how rotten you look you know and how dare you this kind of blip of comment that allows you to be in power and leaves the other person kind of digesting that and it's 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 true, you know, the more random we scale our spare time, you know, like random as in like, I want to achieve this and that and that and that and that. And then you're running from A to B to, to Z, uh, holding up all the balls in the air. You don't have space for, for that connection time. And that brings, time brings, yeah, the, the framing that time brings. Hmm. And in, I mean, in the past, people used to do their tasks together. They used to mm-hmm. hang out and shell peas or, you know, hmm. do do whatever needed to be done. And then they would chat as they were doing that. Hmm. Whereas we have it all segregated. You know, we need to have our houses clean so that we can invite people in, <laughs> you know, and these are two separate things that take up separate amounts of time. Whereas before you'd hang out and do stuff at the same time yes so I mean the other extreme of that is is village life where yes you don't really have any control over who's there (laughs) you know I think somewhere as with many things somewhere Mm. in between city life and village life (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) no (laughs) I was thinking that was the idea I was thinking yeah. communes. Communes are getting more and more popular. I mean, they, they, they are out there. People who feel like you, Kirsten, almost like, you know, I need people around me. And if it's not, and I'm not talking about the ones that are only spiritually uh, inclined, you know, like ashrams where there is a leader and you have to bow, but those permaculture communities that are showing up in people's of the world that are more remote at this point you know so um but i think yeah, we talk about that we talk you know we like this this friend i was talking about she really wanted to start a co co-living situation she's ready to go she just can't find people who are yeah. also ready to go do you know financially yeah. practically where do you go you know city country you know all those questions there's there's quite a few people around us who are like yeah how can we do this and even introverts going how can we do a community for introverts you know where you have your own space but then there's a communal space and um it's quite tricky to to set that up um it has to come from an an effort that you made together i just saw this um yeah this information slides of an old commune in Düsseldorf, a major city in Germany, and 
where there is one street where all the people back in the 70s when the housing was rare and like in England that happened too, you know, so they became inhabitants of pre-apartments and uh, what you call them, uh, squatters. Yeah, they became squatters. And through becoming squatters, they formed a friendship and that area that particular street is still alive and somebody was saying who's been living there from day one uh, was saying it just feels different here you know I can be myself here but it doesn't feel the same to go out in Düsseldorf you know you'll never find those kind of people and that's what we're saying you know we want to feel that what we are thinking is somehow supported because it's not alien to somebody else and where we have to constant fight around our opinion but where it's accepted of what we accept as our form of moving forward uh, communicating you know maybe living a lifestyle or a certain diet or whatever it is you know that that kind of thrives so part of it is feeling like we're outsiders and wanting to feel like we belong yeah. somewhere yeah yeah mm. i think so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. Where maybe like 85% of people are actually fine living where they are and in their suburbs and driving to see their friends, but we... Well, or maybe are... maybe there aren't that many, you know, maybe like, I mean, looking around here where we've just moved to, I feel like everybody knows each other. I mean, Cove is a small town, you know, and all the kids went to the same preschool and now they're going and all their siblings, you know, and I like when I see that the mommies chatting and the grandparents collecting the kids and, you know, it, it, it feels like there's, you know, the majority are, yeah, they're kind of this is where they're from, this is where they live, this is where their friends are, do you know? I mean, I think they, a lot of people do work in the city, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm already beginning to find the, the people around the edges who moved here, you know, more recently, um, you know, and I'm being a complete nomad over, you know, in my adult life. I, you know, you've been in Cork for a long time, but, you know, can't always starting again in your in where you're living uh, does mm. make you very aware of the people who you know who are living in their family homes, who have their you know go for walks with their babies, with their mm. mummies, and their you know and mm. like so. So I wonder, yeah, mm. yeah. I think and a lot of that 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 network is so invisible too. You know, you think there's these people who are you know kind of doing it all on their own but actually they're not you know they have yeah. they have a they have a network an invisible network often a family mm -hmm. net network often as well yes. you know, yeah. Who, yeah yeah and that's the point as we're becoming more and more travelers of the world you know at least like from where i'm standing and uh, the people i get to know it we are losing the sense of belonging you know a lot of people undergo that as a cultural conflict as in you know where do I belong to I'm born like Kirsten you told us about you have an Indian husband you know so your girls already have you know they have an Indian background and an Irish German background so where do they belong to that that makes the need for community even stronger I think just so the sense like I belong and that's what my daughter is undergoing I think you know coming from a different country having lived in so many countries and moved around many many times and with adopt being adopted having also that sense of like where do I belong mm. you know Okay, I belong yeah. right here, whatever I define as I belong to, but at least I want to feel that my belonging is bigger than just one person, you know, so it kind of radiates. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because our, our mother is German and we grew up in Ireland, so that kind of sense of, you know, feeling like you belong in, in different mm -hmm. places. I mean, we've always kind of had that, you know, I, ne I never felt like, you know, suburban Dublin was... I mean, it feels more like home now that we don't live there <laughs> in some ways. But, you know, there was always that sense of like not actually really being Irish 
or feeling feeling more German when we're in Ireland and more Irish when we're in Germany <laughs> you know so so I like I don't think I even know what it's like so it probably is a sense of you know you're you want what you feel like you're missing mm. uh, or and I mean I've been thinking a lot about that home that home thing um well, and we, I mean, we were in the same house growing up. You can imagine how Shira moving around would feel yes. root, rootless mm-hmm. and not having built up those friends. You know, I mean, we have friends that we've had for since, since school. school, since the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we have that kind of, we do have a, we do have roots in that way. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how rootless you would feel. Mm-hmm you have been moving around all the time yeah yeah well i think that that's that's what it is right why do we want those musketeers because when we are uprooted for whatever reason and i uprooted my life and i don't really have old friends from my german my time in germany any longer um besides my family then we are trying to establish our belonging through outside factors like people and exchanges and things we like and even though we can achieve the longing or belonging as an inner state i think that's what the spiritual seekers you know want to say it's fine (laughs) you can also mute yourself there on the on the old camera but yeah belonging is is not only something that we feel that we can have a place in this world but that people see us in this world you know and kind of uh, recognize us and affirm our status of life yeah 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 Yeah, i mean it's if when you when you start digging into it isn't it i mean it's bringing you to the core really yeah you know feeling mm. yeah feeling real <laughs> feeling, feeling real so, yes like, feeling like yeah. a being you know even though we can feel ourselves you know but we're living so strongly in our heads that's what we kind of came from in this conversation you know like how we individuated um, as Kirsten said and then we are moving forward in this bizarre kind of state of like yeah I do belong and (laughs) And we're social creatures I mean we're you know we're like kind of programmed to live in groups in some ways you know that's how we evolved you know (laughs) we're not coming from the Neanderthal who was trying to club his way through life by himself you know like or herself but uh, apparently we're coming from this other developed group that managed to hunt together and then share the chores. You know? So, of course, that's very deeply ingrained in us, yeah. And you gave me my answer there. Yes, <laughs> 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 then one last thing from you maybe. And then well, I think we came really around in, in a well-rounded way well, I, while you're thinking Kirsten can I just share my little my little metaphor that I've had yeah. uh, which has come from kind of moving kind of to the coast and spending a lot of time on beaches and things and there's a lot of there's these little these the limpets you know the little hat like shells that you see stuck to rocks and I found out that these limpets they they move very very slowly to graze they graze and they move along a particular track they I think they only go about a meter or half a meter from from where they come from but they have what's called a home scar so they have a little circle where they come from so they go off and they eat and they come back to the exact same little circle and they fit back into their home scar so the little limpets they're always in the same relationship to each other and they go yeah. out and then they come back and I just I love that kind of image of yeah probably what I'm looking for you know I want to be able to go out and then come back to my familiar arrangement on my home scar where I'm sucked on <laughs> tightly and can't be moved by the the waves and the tides and yeah the, 
Yeah, I really? love it. Metaphor. <laughs> yes, coming home to what we oh, know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. Homecoming, yeah. Kirsten, have you come to... Um, I have two things. <laughs> One thing about Neanderthals, which is not related, but very interesting. <laughs> Neanderthals couldn't remember their dreams or probably didn't dream and weren't able to represent, you know, they weren't able to make representations of anything in their minds, uh, which I think is very interesting. Uh, so they couldn't draw what they saw or they couldn't make plans based on what they had learned, you know, learned. Mm -hmm. They couldn't project dreams and this kind of thing. Uh, so I found that very interesting. Um, then, but then in terms of friendship, I suppose, you know, what springs to my mind is um, if we're looking for it, you know, or if your daughter is looking for it, you know, that I suppose time and space is, are key elements for creating friendships, you know, and maybe also, you know, coming away from this modern idea of having a list of what you think things should be, you know, what you think your perfect partner should be, and then ticking off all those, like, you know, mm. having the intention of connecting with people and then seeing what comes and giving it time and space, because it's not always Aww. easy. <laughs> so beautiful. Then, yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Coming off that list of, you know, how do my friend should look like? I think we can have an aspiration of what will bring us together as in like, yeah, they should have a common interest like music or mm -hmm. whatever it is, because otherwise we don't click so mm. uh, fast. But yeah, right. Just be open for a connection. Just rather think of the connection you want from the inside instead of the perfect list and of what needs to to be there how it needs to look yeah yeah how it needs to look exactly reminds me of when you do internet dating you know and you see all the the things of what the partner oh yeah is ticking all the boxes and meet the person alive and you're kind <laughs> of not connecting so so many people have gone through that yeah yeah thank you so much Dear Walches. <laughs> we'll get a chance to hang out in the flesh mm -hmm. one of these days. One of these days. Trip exactly. to Berlin. We have mm. family in Berlin. We have an uncle in Berlin. There's yes. no reason. Well, there is a reason not to go to Berlin. It's called a pandemic, but we'll deal with that. <laughs> yes, we'll deal with that. I think traveling is not as hard as it's made out to be, no. but yes. Um, Yes, no, traveling with five-year-olds is probably harder than. <laughs> <laughs> oh, almost there, Astrid. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me just say goodbye to the audience yeah. and thanks again for listening. We, we, we don't construct these conversations in this podcast, so it might have taken us some time to come to the essence. But we're very grateful. I'm very grateful that you kept tying into this. And I'm grateful for Kirsten and Astrid to put some brain power behind my questions and experience and yeah, life perspective. Thank you to the two of you as well. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure. See you. <laughs>